The New Age Christianity Podcast is brought to you by... Hello, New Age Christian family. This is Austin Fletcher. You are listening to the New Age Christian Podcast, and this is episode number 39. So today, I'm talking with Cody and Elaine Johnston of The Reckless Pursuit. You can find them at thereclesspursuit.com. They reached out to me a few weeks ago and noticed that our podcast episodes and our shows were next to each other on iTunes, and they thought maybe we had some stuff in common. After a few conversations and some writing back and forth, we realized, yes, we definitely do have a lot in common, and I want to introduce these guys to you, what they're doing, what their journey has been, and you'll see in the episode that they actually do now identify as New Age Christians, so that's pretty exciting. (laughs) So anyways, I enjoy having them as part of this discussion, as part of this community, and defining what it is to be a New Age Christian. I hope you enjoyed this discussion. I know you will enjoy what they have to offer. So let's get started. All right, New Age Christian family, here we are. This uh, episode, interview episode with Elaine and Cody Johnston. So uh, these guys are with Reckless Pursuit. It's recklesspursuit.com, right? Yep, therecklesspursuit.com, all one word spelled out and uh you guys do a podcast so you guys reached out to me about a week and a half ago and i got a message in my inbox and they said hey dude we are next to each other in itunes and uh, new age christianity is one of the episodes it was the third episode you guys did and uh so way back and and, that was like a year and a half ago yeah yeah it was back in march i think of 2018 Mm -hmm. so so you guys have been doing a little bit longer, about a third as longer than I have. And I think this episode will be 37 or 38 for New Age Christianity. Anyways, they reached out to me and we had a call a couple of days later, hit it off. And the Reckless Pursuit idea and their community is, uh, I would say, a very close sibling to the New Age Christian community. Hey, we should do some podcast interviews together. I was just on their show and uh, you guys... Uh, do you know what you're going to call it? Uh, Elaine, the title. Do you have it? I think it was like... Hold on. I can tell okay, you. Yeah. Wait, get her laptop out here. Uh, <laughs> it is religious fear versus spiritual freedom. Yeah. I got it in my head. I didn't have yeah. to open the laptop. Yeah, right. religious fear versus freedom. So we just recorded that, and I have to say you guys ask really good questions. Thank which you. Which is kind of your shtick, right? I mean, asking questions is your thing. So if we started asking questions, that would be pretty bad. (laughs) (laughs) I can vouch that you're good at it. But yeah, we just finished that interview and I said, you know, for me, this community and New Age Christianity, we are still very much trying to, and we're we're building an identity. We're building a, a sense of what is a New Age Christian? What is this community about? What do we believe? Because, you know, kind of far be it from me to stand at the top of the mountain and shout down the list of beliefs and the list of rules and the list of things that are okay and not okay and all that. And so at least my DNA has found its way into this through the form of freedom and kind of openness. And so for me, I'm curious with what you guys have heard, where you're at, 
I've done a series called Interview with a New Age Christian. And it's kind of people that I know that have identified with that. So my first question for you guys is, with what you've heard, would you, the idea of the label, a new, being a New Age Christian, does that resonate with you? Does it challenge you? Does it feel like something that you would call yourself all of the above? <laughs> uh, I would think New Age Christians are all destined for hell, right? Right. Of no. course. <laughs> the hell that doesn't exist. Yeah. But, you know, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, uh, you want to take it first? You want to go? For me, I feel like, I guess now I would. I don't know that I would have always considered that, but I'm very open to all of that. And and so New Age, being a New Age Christian to me, I kind of envision like using old age practices like miracles and, and crystal healing, holistic healing and all of that in modern day and finding new facets of God, new facets of who Jesus is. And so if that is what that means, then I aspire to that. I'm super open to you know, crystals and, and understanding more about God from or outside of what traditional church teaches. And so I guess for me, I would, but I'm still kind of questioning like what that looks like. Yeah. And so uh, for me, I don't know how accustomed your audience is to the Enneagram, but mm-hmm. Elaine is a type four. And if they're not accustomed, basically that means she is like, she wants to be different. That is her like driving mm-hmm. force. She is the but epitome. Also of, accepted. <laughs> right. So uh, all of this stuff. Um, with new age Christianity, or uh, let's take our Christianity, all of the things with new ageism, is that a word new ageism? It's going to be, she is like all about, like, uh, she had terrible allergies and someone like we have a friend who's pretty new agey Mm -hmm. and, uh, also one of the like stronger Christian women we know. And she's like, well, here's this essential oil blend and straight up like cured Elaine's Mm -hmm. allergies. Don't know how that happens. All of it. So I was just like, I'm open to this stuff. Uh, and so she's like, I'm going to get into all of this holistic stuff, all of this new age practice. And so I am a five, which is the researcher. I want to know. I want to understand. So I'm not skeptical by any means, but I have to come to understand something before I'm like, I give an answer on it. I'm very much will tell you like if I don't have an opinion on it, or I will tell you if it's my opinion versus what I believe to be factual. And so I'm all about new age practices I believe in the power of, of a lot of these new agey type things. I'm not sure where I stand on crystals, Elaine. I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying. I'm yeah. trying. But as far as new age Christianity goes, I don't really view that in the sense of like, oh, it's Christians who rub rocks. I, I view it as, uh, as people who are waking up to realize there's so much more to God and to who Jesus is and to what the Holy Spirit is in us than we have been led to believe. And I have realized that there's a lot in church that is either intentionally or most of the time unintentionally just because of tradition and what we've been taught, uh, used to control or to honestly repress the Holy Spirit from his movement more than given the freedom to operate out of fear of things getting weird or kooky or out of the fear of people... I mean, honestly, that's what, you know, kind of started Protestantism in the first place was the suppression of knowledge, right? And I feel like now we're kind of on the other end of that, of the suppression of the spirit and just the fear of allowing God to speak in a new way. 
And it's weird. Like I've heard in church numerous times, like, oh, whenever you have true revival happens in a new way in every generation and the generation before it just doesn't get it. But those are the same people trying to make revival happen the same way it's always (laughs) happened. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't think you guys realize revival is more introspective. This is a new age we're in. And revival is this new thing in our hearts. It's this new idea of God's grace and his peace and his love and all these fruits of the spirit coming to fruition in a way where we just have a more intimate relationship with the creator. And that's what I really think new age Christianity is. It's just Christianity minus religion equals spiritual freedom, if that makes sense. So if somebody asked you, you know, what are you? Would you tell them Christian? Would you say new age Christian? Would you say, what do you say? Questioning. You know, I've went through the phase. I got hurt by church and went through the phase where like, I'm not a Christian. You know, like I can't claim that title. I'm a follower of Jesus. And that just sounds pompous and arrogant in its own way. (laughs) I did the same thing. I was like, well, that just sounds like nerdy and unapproachable. Yeah. Right. I would definitely claim new age Christianity. I would say I'm a new age Christian. If someone asks me what I am, I would encourage them to sit down and let's have a talk about titles because I feel like trying to sum up what I am in a, I can't give an elevator pitch to my faith, (laughs) right? but yeah, I'm all kind of game to sit down and talk, but yeah, new age Christianity is probably, or new age Christian is probably something I aspire to the quickest. So you agree with that on you? I think so. Yeah. I just, I'm open. I've always been taught to ask questions and dig deeper. And I, I, from my parents to my, even my own pastors always told me to question and be open to things and find out who God is to me and not just take it word from word from another pastor and try to figure out what scripture means to me and all of that stuff. I, so I feel like if that is what new age Christianity and exploring those things and allowing the spirit to move in creative ways, unconventional ways, then I would say, yeah, I would be a new age Christian. So you mentioned uh, Cody about, you know, if somebody asked you that first, you'd want to have a conversation about labels and I mean, Oh my gosh. So I pushed into that and pushed against that probably for 10 years of just like, you know, don't put me in a box. And there was, there's certainly truth to it by, I mean, it's just, just look around. Um, We like to just label everybody in these massive and lump them together in these groups, whether it's politically, spiritually, you know, morally, whatever. And so labels can certainly be toxic. But then I lived long enough with this like, yeah, but also a lot of people don't want to sit around and have a 30 minute conversation and so what is, don't, not throwing the baby out with the bathwater, what is the value of a label? And is it possible for somebody to kind of receive a package of ideas by saying, I am this. And so they can receive that package of ideas with one kind of defined label that they might be able to understand. By and large, this newagechristianity.org and this whole thing is about trying to create that for this group of people that it is a sense of like, Oh my gosh, I'm not that. And I'm not that. And I'm not that. And if you got 30 minutes, I'll blow your mind type of thing versus like, well, I know what you mean. So I'm going to tell you I'm this, if you want to go look it out, there's a website. And that's kind of been the, the motivation behind 
this line of interviews is interview with a new age Christian is you guys are I think the sixth interview I've done in this way. So you even say like, well, if that's what it means, then yeah, I would say that. Well, good news is, is you're helping define what it means. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because that is in the very nature of this generation is this freedom to explore and the freedom to understand that God is not up there with a set of rules. If anything, there's a set of principles and inside those principles, you can find all sorts of answers. So I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on, on the value of a label like new age Christianity? And I'm interested if you have any stories of where it's like, it has been diff- I know I have plenty of stories where it's been a challenge to kind of communicate to people who and what I am. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to start by saying that labels hold power. I would agree that labels hold some form of authority. When you think of a president the fact that they hold that title is what gives them the authority of the office, right? So Mm -hmm. if they were not the president, most of us would have no respect for Donald Trump whatsoever, right? Or the same could have been for Obama from the Republican side. Like they hold the office, so they demand the the level of authority. Well, okay, so tearing that way differently. (laughs) When you were able to say, I am a new age Christian. Someone else can instantly identify and say, oh, okay. Kind of like when you say Christian, oh, I'm a Christian. Well, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Well, hopefully it's, oh, well, you are a practitioner of follower of Jesus, believe in God, you know, these kind of core principles or whatever. Nowadays, it's kind of become more associated with you're probably stuck up. You're not going to tip well if I have to be your waiter. And you're kind of a prick. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And um, so hopefully, and I guess the reason like labels are hard to come by right now, it's like hard to say like, well, I'm a new age Christian because typically if you say you're a new age Christian, what's going to happen is you're going to have a 30 minute conversation explaining what the heck a new age Christian is, or someone's going to look at you like you're an idiot and walk away. And that's kind of just depending on what side of the fence they fall on. The kind of flip side to that is if you say like, well, why don't we just sit and talk about it? Because the desire for me, at least, is I want to explain what it means. I want to educate someone. That's my whole thing is I have taken the time to learn this. And so I want you to understand what it is and the freedom it holds. And I can't do that with just a single word. But in the beauty of what you're doing with trying to define such a term is when a term like this becomes accepted, it'll start carrying a certain connotation. I think that's the beauty of being on the forefront of defining a term is we get to set what those initial reactions are in people's minds. They think whenever they hear the word new age Christian, oh, that means someone who is free spiritually. That is someone who is able to allow the spirit to speak to them and to move them and to operate in that grace, to operate in those fruits. And so Yes, I do think there's beautiful, like there's so much beauty in, in the title alone. But it's like frustrating because <laughs> it's still so new. And I'm like, it's going to take, it's my, it tries my patience, right? It tries the right. fruit of the spirit patience for me because I want people to know. And I don't want to give them the option to walk away from me. I want to tell them. <laughs> so, right. And then specifically, for me, there are people in my life who are, who are afraid of just the term Christian, not even new age Christian, but just the word Christian. And, you know, they just have seen so much crap in the church and so much hatred and arrogance and all this stuff from people who call themselves Christians and they love God. They want to explore God in creative ways, 
but they would never just randomly tell somebody on the street, hey, I'm a Christian because of the negative connotation. And so as much as I feel like new age Christianity has like a freedom to it right now, at least with people in my life, just the term Christian has such a negative connotation. And there's closet Christians of people who are struggling with their faith and they know that they believe in Jesus, but they're struggling with everything they've been taught about Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I think there is power in titles and names, but it just kind of depends on how you look at it and why there's either a positive or a negative. And the fact, you know, Cody, you had said there's freedom in walking in your spiritual life. And I feel like the term Christian should be that, but the Mm -hmm. fact that it has such a negative connotation, that's why people are going towards new age Christianity of like, well, this is free and the old Christian name isn't free. And I don't want any part of that. Yeah. And just to build off of what she said for just a little bit there, it's funny because you have Christians, when you hear new age Christianity, Christians deem that as you're a bunch of, pagans. And then you have people on the opposite outside of the Christian circle and all they hear is the word Christian. And so it's trying to redefine. It's like, no, 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 no. You see both of these as bad, but when you put them together, it's actually really good. (laughs) (laughs) You know, in my experience, the religious people that get offended by the word new age are not going to be the people that you find a whole lot of kindred relationship with anyway. Yeah, And then the new age people who are offended with Jesus or offended with Christians aren't going to be the people that you're going to find a whole lot of kindred relationship with anyway. And so I found this title because yes, there's a lot that still needs to be defined. Well, what does that mean? What do you guys believe? And and great in-depth questions that attempting to answer over the next millennium. But right out of the gate, if I said, oh, I'm new age, you kind of immediately think, oh, you're a little out there. You're a free thinker. You're a little cuckoo and you believe in weird stuff. And if I said I'm Christian, you think, oh, you're a fundamentalist. You're kind of judgmental and you kind of, and we have this kind of basic and all most Americans, I speak for America specifically, kind of have these frameworks for both of those. And then when you do put them together, those frameworks kind of give you the energy that I think I want people to know of me. Like I am a free thinker who is grounded. Yeah. And I think it does still need a lot of definition, but I have also found that the definition people automatically throw on top of it is pretty close to what I want them to think of me. The title has been a fascinating discussion itself, even in this, like it has been something I, I look for for 12 years on like, what am I? And I did the anti-label thing for so long, but I just found like, oh my gosh, I just have to keep explaining this to everybody. And then at the end of it, they're not any more aware of it anyway. And so it has been a journey. It's, I'd be interested if you guys do some quote unquote market research with people in your lives, you know, just tell them, Hey, what do you think of this? Like, I think I'm this and see like what they think, like the questions I'm asking you, like when I say this, what do you think of? I would love the feedback on that too, because you guys we'll have a different community than we do. Yeah. We're open to it. We'll start putting out some feelers on that. Yeah, it would be. And your guys' episode on it, by the way, it was your third episode and I'm going to reference it. You guys were talking about, oh my gosh, it's so early. Don't listen to it, please. I thought it was great. It was a great discussion. You guys 
made a lot of points that are at your spot on about what new age Christian are. I think, uh, Cody, at the end of it, you're like, you know, I think a new age Christian would say that there's somebody who's not afraid to ask questions. I'm like, uh-huh. That's exactly what this is. Yeah. So, um, it I appreciate is. that episode scares. Like going back to the early stuff, I'm like, man, I won't take it down because I, how dare me not show someone where we came from, yeah. but I was fresh out of a lot of crap and I was still very withdrawn on what I felt like I was free to say. So for, for you to say I was spot on whenever yeah. I didn't even probably <laughs> truly ascribe to what I was able to say, like that, that means something. No, it was a good discussion that is, is at the heart of this entire thing right now. Eventually, the energy of this movement will shift and it will become an identity that people are confident in. It will become something that a community that we can feel safe in, because let's be honest, most of us just want to feel safe in yeah. a spiritual community. And we've been beat the hell up everywhere else and we've been abused and you know chewed up, spit out disowned, stabbed in the back, whipped. I mean, just name it. And the audience of this community has experienced that shit. And so being able to have a safe space to come and say, hey, I was reading uh, the Quran the other day and not have everybody just flip out. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. Or I was, I'm trying to figure out the best crystals to use for headaches. Like freaking, yeah. we did an episode on crystals, by the way, if you haven't found that one yet. Oh, we um, listened to that one. Yeah, that was our first. <laughs> yeah. I don't think people realize like that the breastplate of righteousness and loved it. Yeah, how pervasive stones were in the Old Testament, but um, I love it. yeah, this is at the heart of it. So, another really big question I'm always curious. You know, you guys are essentially like, yeah, I think I might be a New Age Christian. Okay, so what was the most difficult thing to overcome? The transitioning from Christian to what you are now. What was the biggest hurdle that you had to come overcome? I feel like you had a bigger hurdle than I did. I was about to say, I feel like my biggest hurdle was freaking church. Yeah. Okay. Like, Explain that. Okay. So Elaine is the free spirit. Yeah. Like I said, I'm, I'm the thinker of the group and she's the, the flower, feeler. the feeler. Yeah. 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 So Elaine's already over here, like just confident as crap in everything. And she's just like, I don't care if I feel like this, I'm going to explore what's on my mind because God made it and God made me and that's how it's going to be. And I'm over here. Like I'm the preacher boy, right? Like I came been like in church my entire life, minus the one little phase where I was into some witchcraft stuff. So I guess like I've always been interested in paganism and all that stuff, but it was suppressed because that was bad. And you're not supposed to talk about those things. You're not supposed to understand those things. But let's um, celebrate Christmas and Easter with all sorts of pagan imagery. Yeah. Don't get me started. Get me started. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's, let's forget about how all these religions actually tie together, here. but whatever. Uh, <laughs> but like just symbolism and all that. And I found beauty in it. Like I found creation. It wasn't like, Oh, I want to go conjure demons to poke and prod people with sticks. Like, I don't know why people would get so worked up about it. I just, I found beauty in understanding all of the history of religion. Like, that's just, that's my interest in study. And so, but anyway, so I grew up in church. I was all, every time the doors were open, I was in church. My mom was a raging alcoholic since I was three. My dad, I have a great relationship with my dad. My mom passed away last year from drinking and my dad worked really long hours, very hardworking man. He and I have a great relationship luckily, but a lot of the times I would be at the house. My mom would be drinking. I wanted out of the house. I would go to church ironically, my mom believed in going to church religiously. And I put emphasis on religiously because, you know, 
It's focusing on how people perceive you. And that was a big deal in my family growing up of keeping the face, I guess. And uh, so I was always in church. I was always there every time the door opened for every play, for everything I could volunteer for. When I started playing guitar at 13, by the time I was 14, I was leading youth band. By the time I was 16, I was leading worship band or playing in worship band till I get till I was about 17. Then I was told, hey, you're not a lot like, I asked them why I like wasn't being turned on. I was an electric guitar player. I asked them why they weren't turning me on. They told me I was there to be uh, seen, not heard, to keep the youth calm. So I left the church. And, uh, <laughs> oh my um, gosh, that's the first. And uh, ended up, uh, yeah, I didn't know I was an idol for the youth to look at, but hey, right. whatever. So I left there. I went and I ended up being after arguing with God, like I'll never be back on a stage again. My hate is crap. Ended up at a church, ended up, literally like six months after being there, I was the lead worship pastor, interned there, got ordained and everything through there. And that was a non-adom church. He, uh, the pastor had similar upbringings that I did. And there was a bunch of drama that happened there that actually ended up to us leaving. So all that bit to say, my biggest hurdle was getting out of that mindset of, I don't have to filter what I'm saying anymore. I still fight this all the time of Cody, you have freedom. Do not accept those previous contracts. You've, uh, you know, literally like verbal contracts, whatever these uh, going, yeah, you had mentioned the four agreements book, I actually picked it up based on one of your episodes and I've been mm-hmm. reading through it. it take long at all to read through it, but it's powerful, like super powerful. Like mm-hmm. these past agreements that I have of like, I have to be this way. I have to come across this way. I have to do this thing and that thing to appease the powers that be which are these leaders, right? Right. I was told numerous times where I would be like, for instance, let's just use this as an example. We were wanting to renew our membership cards. We had just did this six months prior. We don't have any new members. We're just updating information for no reason. And they're like, we're going to hand these out to everyone. This is going to be our Sunday service of doing this. I'm like, no one wants to do this. This is stupid. I'm not filling out the card because I'm sick and tired of doing it. And if I were a new member at a church, I'm not filling out new cards in general. And I was told like, well, you just think differently. You're just weird like that. Like, so like any outside of the box thought I had that most people like, come on, we hate membership card. Membership cards suck. Like who wants to fill out their information <laughs> the first time they walk in a door somewhere? Right. That's creepy. And so <laughs> all I'm trying to do is state the obvious here. No, not accepted. So it's these, these predetermined ideas of you have to be this way in this way in this way in this way. But all the while, my thoughts are raging and raging. I have all these different things I want to express. So I get out, we start a podcast. And that's why I say like, listening back to those episodes, I was probably like, I'm struggling still trying to be my authentic self and not giving a crap about filtering my thoughts. And so as a new age Christian, that's the hardest transition for me is just stop filtering everything through the eyes of how you feel some institution wants you to be. They got to train like a nice puppy dog. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right. Sit, roll over. (laughs) You're as deep as that. So I grew up in a Christian household, but we didn't really go to church until I was in high school. So I was already maturing into a young adult, being a teenager, being my own person. I was already able, you know, to start thinking freely and being my own person. And I was heavily involved in my youth group, loved my youth pastor. He was the one who told me like question everything. Yeah, you were fortunate. <laughs> and so I hear a lot of these stories. I'm like, wow, that's like, I can't even fathom that because I wasn't in that. 
And so for the most part, like I've been more of a free thinker in that because I was told that, you know, by my family, by my pastors, that it's okay to explore. I remember one time asking my pastor, like, if necromancy is bad, then why did they conjure up spirits in the Bible and God was speaking through these people? And he's like, I don't know, figure that out for yourself, read the Bible. And I was just like, okay. And like, there was no definite answer on that or many other things. And, you know, he was always like, think for yourself, question it, pray about it, find out through God. And I can tell you what I believe, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's true or that you're going to believe that. And so I was fortunate in that, but there was still a couple of things of like about caring what other Christians thought. Mm. And so I don't have a huge, like there wasn't a big defining moment, but more of an exploration of like essential oils, like we were talking about more holistic stuff and just understanding that and then kind of seeing how other Christians, other pastors, other churches, denominations, whatever, kind of like shun all of that. And so I guess the defining moment for me was realizing that people weren't as open or able to be open as I was led to be. And so just kind of thinking of what other Christians outside of my circle say about things and how they perceive things. And, and so my struggle is, well, the people that I knew, knew who I was, knew that I had good morals, whatever, allowed me to be more open but these new people at these different churches that we've been to, they're like, you can't do this. You can't talk about that. You can't dress like that. And I'm just like, I wish everyone was able to be as free and creative as I was allowed to be. And so that's kind of a defining moment for me, but not necessarily like for what I do, but just kind of sharing with other people that you can explore for yourself and just realizing that not everyone knows that they can think for themselves. Do you guys have any, so with where you're at now, how does your, you have any family or friends that kind of struggle with your journey? I don't know if everyone even knows. It's weird. You do a podcast, you put all your crap out there on the internet and I don't know if people get it. Yeah. Like there's these predetermined viewpoints people have of you and it's hard to break those. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Normalcy bias. Yeah, I was going to say specifically for like um, whenever you were a pastor and we got together, people knew who you were or perceived you as a certain thing or taught you how to be or whatever. So they automatically had a view of you and then automatically kind of threw that on me, I guess, and then knew, sure. knew who I was but never actually got to know who I was. And then I did, I worshiped a little differently and then bam, like I had people telling me like, well, you're not worshiping right. And I'm like, What? what does that mean? You know, what and, does that mean? Uh, oh. like, you know, I am more introspective and more introverted. And so that's how my worship style is. But because I wasn't raising my hands and, you know, just like all on the floor, you know, convulsing, I guess, because the spirit was moving in me that that was wrong. And so I guess while we were still involved with the church, we had more flack than we do now not being tied to a church. Yeah. And now a big thing too, is we actually have people who are specifically people we know, of course, we have people online that yeah. were, that's cause that's our whole mission, but we have people that we know that are coming. like, Hey, I don't really know how I feel about this. What are your thoughts mm-hmm. on this? It's funny. Cause like at work, we have these conversations with people like, at, you know, in our day job or whatever, we, uh, we own a concessionaire business. And so like, we have conversations with people we work with and uh, people we're around throughout the day. We have 
random bump-ins where people are like, hey, you know, I've really been questioning. And it's weird because we've allowed ourselves to be open to these uncertainties or these alternate ways of thinking. People naturally, it's like they're uh, the nagging question that we all have in the back of our heads that we don't allow ourselves the freedom to explore. They're like, oh, these people over here, I remember they were like, they're really like strong in their faith. He was my pastor. He was my worship pastor, my youth pastor. You know, she was my small group leader, all these churchy things we used to do. And uh, now all of a sudden they're like, wait a second. Like they're out there and they're exploring these things and they're like cool people and they're not like doing like quote unquote bad things. They have a good marriage. They're living and they're being, there's this freedom radiating from them. Maybe like I should go and ask them some stuff. And so honestly, I think naturally the ones, there's always the ones who are just Mm -hmm. like, what is wrong with you? You need to do this. Like you got, this is funny. I'm going to tell this story for Elaine. She's going to get like really fired up in a second. So Elaine tagged a friend of ours in a bath bomb. Oh my gosh, yes. What was the bath bomb? It was bomb? Freddy Krueger. It was like all of the old like horror films that they were like in bath bath bomb form. Yeah. And she had this like this person who we know through church and everything get on there talking about how she's opening doors to the devil and he's going to be in our room that night like poking on and knocking on our door because yeah. she's opening doors. I'm like, it's soap. Yeah. <laughs> it's soap. <laughs> it was crazy. So there's always those people, right? Yeah. But for the most part, it's actually been pretty freeing. We've had people be able to actually come in and talk to us, mind you, very secretly and quietly yeah. because they don't, yes. they're not to the point of wanting to be public about it yet. But mm-hmm. it takes the one crazy person out there dancing around like a moron for everyone else to join in, I guess. I will say the people that don't have a relationship with, there's a reason I don't get on Reddit. There are some trolls out there and Cody has told me a couple things that people have said about just like our episode topics. And the one time that I wrote show notes for our episode, technically I was the one that got chewed out, but Cody was the one who had posted it. And I was like, I I can't get on Reddit. People are mean. There's some religious folks out on the internet that hate us. Yeah. But you know, that's okay. No. No. To be expected. I get, I get, I don't know who it is. I do know the name, but I have no clue who this person is. I get uh, weekly uh, posts on my comment form on my website with articles about how New Agers became Christians and realized how demonic everything was in the New Age. And and they're literally just a post. No personal comment. It is literally just a a cut and paste of an article. And then some of the comments you get on YouTube and stuff like that, it's, it's... the nice thing is, I will say, for New Age Christianity is that the title has kept most of the major assholes away, right? right? Because they just have such a low view of that title that it's kind of like, you know, Voldemort. Like, you just can't, don't go there. It's, it's you know, un- right. unclean. So, it's been nice. And so, you haven't really had any issues, like, with friends or family, but... I did have a family member... I don't really know what got said because it's kind of through the grapevine, but I do have a couple family members who are questioning my faith right now, but that's about as far as that's went because none of them are, have faced me yet about it. So, so the reason yeah. I asked that specifically, right, is because of this community is filled with people who the more and more you come out of the new age Christian closet, the more and more you'll find that it's offensive to people to live free. Mm-hmm. Freedom offends people. And what it ultimately boils down to is that 
you're living in such a way that challenges their domestication, their norms. And somewhere along the way, most people decide to kind of shut down the doubting mechanism or the questioning mechanism inside of them. It either comes out later in life in the form of a midlife crisis or some sort of catastrophe, you know, some sort of emergency, or it doesn't come out at all. And they just end up being, I think we all have met those people who just kind of, they're just now living. They're just alive, barely. So for me, the value of, of kind of pushing into looking at your family, looking at your friends, I asked that on all these episodes because I know that that is arguably one of the greatest sources of pain uh, mm-hmm. for a lot of people in this audience. It, it becomes a choice between freedom or relationships. Yeah. And that is not an easy choice to make sometimes. It's kind of that like, okay, I could stay here. And I did that for years. I could stay at this church because I really love the people here. And 90% of it's great. And you kind of have to eventually like, okay, now 80% of it's great. Okay, now 70% of it's great. And now maybe 50% of it's great. And it gets to the point where it just gets so sullied by the crap that you just kind of eventually have to move on. And that that part of that story for a lot of us is one of those that's like, I'm not sure I really want to talk about that <laughs> because yeah. It, yeah. it gets hard. Yeah. I'd like to touch on that a little bit if that's okay. Yeah. I get it. You know, like I said, I was a pastor, um, worship pastor for seven years at the church that we left. And uh, I started when I was, I literally had turned 19 two months prior to my starting an internship there, but I had already been a worship pastor there for a year prior to that. And so I was a worship pastor there for seven years. During that seven years, I was also an intern for two years and full-time staff for an additional like three years. And also the youth pastor, like I was as ingrained as you could get into that culture. And, you know, it's hard because you have these questions. And like I said, most of the time I would even present the smallest of them, just like counter arguments, even not even like philosophical, anything like they could, you know, like using air quotes here, very, very boldly, like challenge your faith or your salvation. Like it wasn't even anything like that. It was just even the minor stepping out of lines resulted in kind of almost like demeaning passive aggressiveness. And so, yeah, absolutely. And I have friends still like that. I absolutely adore that are still in those cultures, you know, in many of my past churches and, and that's okay. I get it. And you know, there's conversations they have and there's things they say and I just have to bite my tongue and just move on because it's not my place to talk about it. It's not my place to tell them, you know, like the bad or the good. That's every person's freedom to choose the environment they're in. But I will say just as a piece of advice to everyone out there who's like, oh man, I have these people who are challenging me. The biggest reason I say like we don't get a lot of backlash is because we don't give time to people who have backlash, right? Like when you start presenting yourself in a certain way, the people that you start drawing in and the questions that you start getting to explore, the value of that so far outweighs the negative comments coming from someone else, you know? I'm sure we've gotten like my block list, like you know how if you ever have someone (laughs) on Facebook and you block them, it's like review who all you've blocked. I'm like, no, Mm-hmm. Or review who all you've hidden unfollowed, on Facebook, yeah. unfollowed on Facebook. I'm like, no, I don't want to review that. Why would I want to take a look back at all the negativity that I've filtered out of my life? You know, like you have to, 
come to this place where you're like, I desire freedom and you have to start breaking these agreements or these shackles or whatever you want to call it with people who are trying to keep you into that other state. Because let's be honest, misery loves company. When you start questioning the status quo, you become a rebel, a vigilante. You become kind of this person, but at the same time, that inspires hope. And so the people that it has yet to inspire hope, there's this whole philosophy in psychology that most things that we love start out as a curious hate. And so people that hate you are most likely the ones that are having the biggest questions and the biggest doubts and they hate you or they're challenging you because they're too afraid of asking the questions for themselves, not because of the question, but because they're scared of the answer. And so to realize you can filter that out and you can still be a beacon of hope for those people to get them out of the mess. I think that's like the biggest life giving thing to us is just realizing like, a we don't take that negativity. Yeah. You can throw it at us and it's literally like being colorblind to it. You know, it's just like, it's in one ear and out the other. It flows right off of us to the best of our ability. We're human, but we just allow it to flow off and, we draw on those who are mutually curious who come to us and say, hey, we have these questions too. So I just want to offer that encouragement of you don't have to let those things get to you. You don't have to take that negativity from those people, from your family, because a lot of times that's just curious. They're just curious and they don't know how to ask. Hmm, That's good. For me, it it comes down to any conversation you're going to have, you can ask yourself kind of, uh, do you feel powerful or powerless in the conversation? And because if you want to powerfully entertain those people, have at it. Yeah. Just be powerful. But if you feel powerless, if you feel compelled, like obliged to have that conversation with your grandma and everything, like that energy is never going to go well for you. And to maintain a position of power is every bit of a birthright that we all have. And uh, sometimes the most powerful thing you can do is just say, hey, I appreciate our relationship too much to have this conversation. <laughs> Because it's not going to go well. Obligation is one of the hardest sins to shake, right? Right. Yeah, I mean, that is one of the major tools of religion. Is there anything you guys miss about churchianity and kind of the old ways of things? Community. I was going to say community because that's why we started our podcast was we didn't have that community. We didn't have that network of friendship and accountability even but for me, I don't necessarily miss that anymore because I've kind of created my own community mm-hmm. and I've networked with my type of people, the people that I want to surround myself with. And so at a time, you know, a year ago, I would say, yeah, I miss the community. I miss the friendships, but I don't necessarily miss that anymore because I'm starting to find my own community. And yeah. so for me, I would say community, but I wouldn't say that anymore. Community and structure starting out were a big deal for me because like as much as I hate structure, like I'm not a structure, like I can't stand for someone to tell me what to do. It's nice like feeling like, oh, like this is what I do, right? It's that checking out of the mind that just that mental just repetition that we all kind of knowingly or unknowingly, we gravitate to some some kind of repetition, like we're Mm -hmm. creatures of habit. And then, yes, it's that ingrained built-in community that churches, I wouldn't say they do it well, but that is the initial purpose of church, right, is to be a fellowship of people with like mindship. And for a long time, it was very lonely Mm -hmm. when we walked out of it because we felt like 
everything had turned our backs. And that's kind of another reason we, I feel like we didn't feel a lot of flack is because we walked away and no one ever even knew we questioned anything. Mm-hmm. Like it was all swept under the rug so quick. Yeah. I mean, within two days, literally it happened on a Saturday, Sunday morning, it was over. Mm-hmm. And there was no chance for anyone to know until like it slowly started. being, And then we kind of emerged almost from like our cocoon of solitude, if you want to use like a weird metaphor. And people are like, oh, look, they're beautiful butterflies now. I don't know. This is like, weird But analogy. you don't know the loneliness that we had. <laughs> right. You don't know how long that cocoon. Yeah. How long was it? I feel like, so we kind of, I, I say rebranded the show. It wasn't really a rebrand as much as. Refocused. Yeah. For the first, like, we started the podcast pretty quick yeah. after we left. Cause, About a month and a half after that. Yeah. And we'll tie this together. The biggest thing for me now is an outlet for music, for my passion. Now I make music behind my computer. Before I was able to engage, I love, I love leading worship. I absolutely adore it. It's the best way I know how to worship is through music. Music is like God's love language with me. And there was something as frustrating as it could be like the group of people I worked with as far as like the musician side, I adore them and I still adore them. And just the, the freedom to be able to go and like, no, I had this outlet every week where I could vent my spiritual, even if it wasn't spiritual, I could just vent musically because that's a passion of mine. And that's one of the things I miss. And there's a lot of other things I'm kind of doing. The podcast is actually taking place of that now. And it's kind of to the point where that's actually able to, but Around episode 50-ish, I think it was episode 50, that we kind of shifted our focus and we said, you know what? Screw it. I don't care what people think anymore. We're going to be bold. We're going to share everything because this is the message we're trying to promote. But if we're not living it, how dare us preach it? And I think we just kind of had this like light click moment early last, what early this year? Right in January. Around Christmas, yeah, New Year kind of. And so How really fitting, yeah. this, this half a year is really when we've been like desperately pushing into mm-hmm. that. That's good. Is there, so you meant you were missing community, Elaine, is there anything you miss now or is it kind of like, Nope, don't miss any of it. I feel like I'm half and half. Part of me is like, I don't, I don't miss the situation that we were in, but yeah. whenever I went to youth group and was super involved. I missed that aspect of it because I loved going to church. I loved, you know, leading and being with people and then kind of throughout college and stuff, I kind of was like, I'm not really as passionate. But since we've kind of started like our spiritual nomadic journey of just like popping up in random churches and random places and stuff, I would say like, I don't really think that I miss what I had because Mm. I'm starting to create that for myself. I'm, I'm, questioning what that even looks like for myself. And right now I'm kind of content not having that and not knowing what that looks like, but being okay with exploring that. And so right now I I don't think that I'm really missing anything. I would definitely say since we've started really pressing into being open with who we are, it has taken the place of a lot of those things we felt like we had lost and we're understanding what all those things truly mean outside of the crap filters that we put on them. Yep. I was going to say, so it's energy, right? So very new agey right here, but like it is, there's energetic frequencies that humans desire and that is kind of gives us a sense of self. And when you lose, especially those who are born and raised in church, like I was, 
when you lose like this chunk of three or four or five different kind of energetic sources, it feels weird. Like you feel, man, it's been three or four weeks since I've had this thing that was so much a part of my I amness and who I am. And so you will find that some of those energies you just completely let dissipate and others you replace. And as it sounds, you know, I think for me, one of the ones that I finally figured out how to replace it was worship. Cause I was a worship leader too for years and years and I think 15 years and I missed elements of it, but I didn't, when I really sat with it, like, okay, what do you miss? And it was like, well, I don't really miss the rehearsals and I, and I don't miss the fakeness of it. I don't really miss the struggle to try to get everybody to worship. I don't really miss the responsibility. I felt like I had to get everybody yeah, to worship. As a matter of fact, I don't really. And so you really tear it apart and you're like, so what the hell is it I miss about worship? Because I don't miss any of the things that I did in worship. Mm-hmm. And I realize it's an energy. Yeah. And it is the worship itself. And then when you realize how rarely as a leader, you know, I took my, my responsibility as a leader to, for others. I kind of was taught for years, like, you know, your job, Austin, is to worship God during the week so that when you're up here, you're leading others. And you could focus on them. And so it wasn't, and whether I agree with that now or not is irrelevant because I don't do it. But at the time I had this idea that my job wasn't to worship on Sunday morning. My job was to help others worship on Sunday morning. And so it was very rare for me to even get that energy on Sunday morning. And when I really stopped and examined these things that I missed, I realized, oh my gosh, it's, it was all just kind of this nebulous thing that is easily replaceable if I can remove and if I can free my mind of what the definitions are. It's kind of the whole principle of like humans filter out negative emotions. We naturally don't want to focus on negative. And so when you look back on memories, it's kind of like people who come out of abusive situations. When they look back, all they can think about is the good because they've suppressed the bad. And that's exactly what you're saying is like you unpack for yourself. Like, wait, what do, no, I don't miss arguing with bandmates about what chord to play or, this quote unquote spirit not moving is good to whatever the crap that means, you know, like we didn't move the same. Okay. You know, all this crap or we hit a wrong note. So we're going to get chewed out because the sound was off or anything like that. Like when you start getting out of that, no, it's, I enjoy just the energy of the whole situation. So yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. I found, you know, so I love music and so Spotify is my jam and I find probably every other day a song will come on has nothing to do with being a worship song. I don't listen to Christian music for the most part anymore, but you know, whether it's Mumford and Sons or, you know, just different bands that come on Switchfoot, their newest album had a song on there and I just freaking loved it. And you just kind of find those moments with God because that's, I believe in the authenticity. Absolutely. But I digress at this point because I have a couple more questions I want to ask you guys. Yep. So can you name like your favorite thing about the life you live now? spiritually speaking? Like what's your favorite part of being a quote unquote new age Christian? For me, it's just, I guess the creative, the creativity and the freedom kind of together of like worshiping how I want, not being told, well, you have to raise your hands or you can't do that. Or just like, yeah, I can feel close to to God reading the Bible, but if there's an essential oil or an herb or like a crystal or something that makes me feel close to God. That's okay. That's not weird. And yeah. And just the creative expression 
of, well, if I feel close to God while I'm hiking or painting or whatever, that's okay. I don't always have to be reading my Bible. I don't always have to be at church to feel his presence because sometimes I don't even feel like it's there. But um, <laughs> yeah, just the freedom to express myself and my walk with God and not having to look a certain way or feel like I'm going to say the wrong thing. And then like people are going to try to condemn me for that. And just, I love that and love being just like the, the nomadic thing that we do, you know, where we just randomly show up in places where we're like, Hey, we're going to do this. And, and then we find little things where we're like, Hey, we really enjoyed that. And so that's my favorite thing. Yeah. Elaine keeps reference, reference it a couple of times just to clarify uh, to everyone listening. We have taken, so we, our community group is called Nomads and that's kind of our big, that's our big push is, uh, you know, we kind of envision, we're actually trying to do this visually, but we envision like the church has this fire, right? But it's got a group of people around it and every time an outsider comes close, they shun them, they attack them, they, they don't accept them, right? Mm-hmm. And so we hope to be other people to express like, hey, there's more than one way to start a fire. You know, the fire being the spirit of God. There's more than one way to experience this fire. So uh, she said like nomadic church. We have recently started, whether it be like popping into churches or going hiking on a Sunday or finding new ways of books we're reading or... Going to Earthbound. Yeah, just different ways of like, how are you worshiping today? And we do it on Sunday specifically because that's the church's official day for gathering, right? So it's kind of like, hey, it's uprooting that tradition of, hey, you can worship anywhere. You can do it any kind of way. We can go to any random church and worship, which sadly, a lot of times it's more frustrating when we do that. But mm. <laughs> I digress with that. But I'm uh, like, If you yeah. can go to any random church and worship, good on you because I can't. <laughs> Normally, it's us getting frustrated about something you guys said when we yeah. go to other random churches. But... A lot of times it's like, hey, we're Not on, being tied down. Yeah. yeah. We're right. on this local mountain. We're on a car drive. We're doing this. We're doing that. This is how we're worshiping today. How are you worshiping? Just trying to break that stigma. But definitely, and she said this, and I don't want to steal her thunder, but it's the same thing is where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is liberty. And right. to me, that's just the biggest thing is there's there's freedom in this. There is this freedom and it's not freedom, but it's not freedom with restrictions. It's not all access except for that one door. It's completely unlocked keys to the kingdom type crap. Like it's everything is at your disposal and there's no more filtering God or the buts or the what's or anything like that. You just get to have all of God. And the other thing is you know, I'm a, I'm a big nature person, not so much in July in Arkansas when it's 100 degrees like it is right now. But, <laughs> you know, come the other seasons, like we're big nature people and experiencing God in creation and realizing that we look at sin as if it's this thing that has damned creation, but realizing that all it is, is if you can just look a little past that in every single thing on earth, there's beauty and there's life. And just coming to understand life that's all around us and how God is in everything. And that's been the thing for me, I think. Hmm. So good. So uh, this is a question I ask at the end of all of these interviews. And uh, So what impact do you think New Age Christianity should or could have on the world? For me, it would be that freedom. The yeah. fact that you live in an age 
And when I say an age, I mean, Jesus came, Jesus died. So don't let your life be consumed with living as if the price hasn't been paid. You live in a time where you have access to so much information to sell yourself short based on just what one person says, just on what I say. Don't take what I'm saying verbatim. Go and seek and find and pray and search and look and dig into it. We have resources everywhere around us that we can go and we can find our version of truth and how God is laying it on our hearts and press into that and allow that freedom to consume you. And it won't matter what other people think about who you are or how you identify or if you're a new age Christian or not. It won't matter what other people judge you on if, you know, oh, is Satan taking them away? Are they backsliding? All that crap falls out of the way whatever you call it, deconstruction, new age Christianity, changing mind, accepting questions, embrace it and realize that that is God. God is that in essence. He is, he is in those thoughts. He's in those questions. He accepts you for them. And that's, you're pushing in to learn more about him. And that's beautiful. And then going from that is just the creative expression that freedom gives you and worshiping God in your own way and what makes sense to you. And just, I feel like new age Christianity, just since we're all, you know, just now starting to create that and and understand what that means. I feel like it could just, just the freedom and then the creative expression coming together and just saying like, I love Jesus and this is how I love Jesus. And that's okay. But that's not how you love Jesus. Or it's okay if, if I see Jesus as a father, but you see Jesus as a mother figure, like, that's okay. That's not weird. And just being okay with it, it gives people the freedom to express themselves and how they view God without the judgment, without the ostracization and, and without just caring what other people think, honestly. Beautiful. Well, where can uh, people find you guys and your stuff? Oh man. So, uh, the com is our home. Uh, that's where you can find, all of our episodes, you can find all of the blogs. Elaine also writes weekly uh, blog posts for the site to just kind of dive into that more. You can find us um, if you search for us on any of the podcasting platforms out there. Like I said, you probably even may have seen us if you looked for New Age Christianity because (laughs) we're right there next to each other. Other than that, uh, we have an email list where you can get some behind the scenes stuff. So if you happen to catch our episode on, on our end. There's some stuff uh, waiting for you there. All the social media, you can find all that from just go to the recklesspursuit.com. That's the easiest way to get access to everything. Mm-hmm. And then you have a blog too. I'm going to let you share okay. that. Yeah. So I write for myself at the prodigaldaughter.com. And so that's a kind of an offshoot that I started before the Reckless Pursuit. And for that is just, you know, specifically for like women and entrepreneurship and just finding out what that looks like for women. Well, that's cool. I really like that. I've got some people in my community that would love that. So you guys have a uh, Facebook group or you have yes. a Facebook page? We have a Facebook page that's the Reckless Pursuit and it links up to the group. So if you find us on Facebook, you can find our private community similar to, to what you have. And uh, it's the private community is called Nomads. Okay. Uh, so if you 
up Nomads, a safe, or the full name of it is Nomads, a safe community for Christians to ask unsafe questions. But if you look up the Reckless Pursuit, or if you go to our website or anything like that, it's all over the place. So if you miss it, scroll down a little bit more. (laughs) (laughs) I think there's a feature on Facebook where we can link these groups together, actually. I think you can link them with like-minded groups or at least pages. So we'll have to look at that from an admin standpoint. Yep. Scratch so, what I said. Go to his page and you'll yeah. see our page link. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I was just thinking about it. That's why I made sure, like, I think you guys, That'd be it, would cool. be, it would be uh, super easy to kind of have our communities interact on there. So yeah, we I'm game. But, uh, well, cool, guys. Thanks so much. I do feel I like these last two episodes recording with you and then obviously you on here and get to know each other a little bit more and definitely want to see what our communities and what we're doing how they can interconnect. And, you know, for me, this entire journey is about trying to find a definition and Mm -hmm. the definition of a group of people, I think is best defined by what the people themselves look like. Right. You know, you can call yourself a Christian, but the world has a view of what the definition is. Mm -hmm. You can try to tell them what it is, but eventually your actions are louder than your words. And so, um, you know, as far as I'm concerned, whether or not it, uh, market tests well with your community. You guys are new age Christians in my book. So uh, I'm glad to know you and look forward to uh, building more relationship. I will say there is in my spirit kind of the, uh, I mentioned this to you guys as well, but uh, kind of the stirring of the idea of doing a conference or a in-person event. So you guys, uh, theepic.org, and I know you guys I'm sure have a few other relationships with some other smaller communities and, um, maybe trying to get beyond just this digital and virtual relationship and get, you know, shake some hands and eat some meals together. So we'll uh, be in touch about that. And once I say it on the podcast, it means it's a semi official that it's going to happen yep. at some point. Yep. So <laughs> Love I it. do that. <laughs> well, Austin, we definitely accept the title yes. of new age Christian. We'll pick up that mantra and we're here with you, man. We appreciate it. Awesome guys. Well, thanks so much. And um, hope y'all enjoyed it as always you would consider uh, donating. We appreciate the thought and um, yeah, like share, do all that good stuff. You're uh, new age Christians in a digital world. So you know how to do this. Love you guys. See you on the next episode. Bye.